Hey, Quilt Crew, I'm Brandy Moslowski, a firefighter turned quilt teacher, speaker, and author of children's picture book, Christie's Quilt. I created the Quilter on Fire podcast to build a community of quilters that I love. This is my happy place, being surrounded by you. One podcast episode at a time, I'll bring you more joy and less overwhelm in the quilting studio. Welcome to episode 17 of the Quilter on Fire podcast. I'm so excited to get started on this podcast today because my two guests had me rolling with laughter as we planned this episode. And we are about to roll out a scrap challenge with a prize package you do not want to miss. This is going to be a super fun podcast, you guys. So I hope you'll get inspired to quilt. I can't wait to tell you all about it. If you are a scrapaholic like many quilters are, you're going to love these two sisters. I first contacted Kathy Paul and Bonnie Hooley back in December when I saw a Manitoba Prairie Quilters Facebook post about collecting scrap bags. Bonnie posted that she used to drive to Mayville, North Dakota to visit Faye's Hen House. And I've been there too myself when I lived in Manitoba. This quilt shop had brown lunch bags in the attic filled with fabric scraps. As a scrap quilter, that alone was worth the trip for Bonnie. And you guys, it's a three to four hour drive for them. Faye's shut down a few years ago and Bonnie was mourning the loss of the Faye bags. But just a few days before Christmas, Bonnie's dear friend left a brown scrap bag stuffed with scraps in her mailbox with the words on it to ease your Faye bag withdrawal. I just had to have this sweet story on the podcast. And when I contacted Kathy and Bonnie in the comments of that post, I quickly discovered that they are a comedic pair of sisters. And several times already, I've told them that they are literally podcast gold. They quilt together virtually all the time. And I can't wait to share their story with you. Kathy Paul and Bonnie Hooley, welcome to the show. Thank you, Brandy. Thank you for having us. Now, let's start at the beginning. We'll go to Bonnie first and then to Kathy. So tell us a little bit about your quilting story. Well, I guess um, when I first started quilting, I was really nervous about using fabric. Um, so when I discovered these little fay bags stuffed with scraps, um, then it kind of freed me because I'm not afraid to cut up pieces that are already cut up. And it sort of gave me um, the ability to be creative and start learning stuff. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about the time in your life when you started quilting. How did you get into it? Um, I guess I got into it at the lake. Um, my, um, my neighbor across the, the street, she was a quilter. And she's actually the one who told us about fades and the fay bags. And then when she saw we were interested, she offered a class for Kathy and I. And that's how I got into quilting. And Kathy, is that where you started too? No, actually, I started, uh, I started before Bonnie. And um, it, I had uh, sewn, I've sewn my entire life. And after I went to school, I finished and I thought, I don't want to make clothing anymore. And I said, and I quote, I want to do something easier. I think I'll, t I'll pick up quilting. <laughs> <laughs> Not necessarily easier. <laughs> uh, yeah. And so what it ended up happening is I started and I think I always thought that quilting was scrap quilting because of the types of quilts my grandmother used to make. Um, so I gravitated to scraps mostly because I didn't have any other fabric, but, um, yeah, really got into it then again, when Bonnie and I started with the classes, like big time. Yeah. Okay. So today's podcast is all about scraps. So Kathy, when did scraps become a thing between the two of you? Oh, well, scraps became a thing between the two of us, uh, 
for sure when we started going down to Mayville. Uh, it started actually in the uh, in the class when um, Linda had showed us a scrap bag and told us where we could go get it. And it was like, oh, we can build our stash with this. And it, Bonnie was the first one who went down and Bonnie would go down and she would, you know, she'd pick up a few fay bags. And then I finally convinced my husband to go like half an hour off the main highway. Um, so that was when we got into it. And I would call up Faye and say, do you have any scrap bags? And she'd go like, yeah, I could probably gather. And I'm like, can we go? She's got six bags. And so that was how it started. So Bonnie, as sisters, you guys have been competitive your whole life, I would imagine. But how did you both get into scrap challenging each other? <laughs> well, first there was challenging in getting the bags because we would text each other and go, I'm on my way home. I got six bay bags. And then uh, I'd tell her I'm going to phase and she'd, and then I'd find out when I got to phase, all the bags were sold because she'd text me and say, I went there yesterday. <laughs> so that was kind of our first challenges. But then um, once we opened the bags, we're like, what are we going to do with all these scraps? And so being as competitive as we are, we started to invent, okay, let's do this. Let's have a scrap bag challenge. And I think that's how we got into our challenges. Oh, that sounds like so much fun. So Kathy, tell us about your first bag or your most memorable Faye bag. My most memorable Faye bag would be, it was on one of the challenges that we did. Uh, we did it in the summertime. We opened up bags with, uh, we opened up a bag with a friend and we gave each other one month and we had to come back. We were going to meet back in a month. And I remember, cause they always joke about the fact I say that fabric speaks to me. And as I'm pulling the fabric out of the bag, it's saying kids, kids, kids. And I went, okay, I have to make something for a child out of this. And I ended up taking a um, massive bear pattern that I have that is probably about, it's got to be as, as tall as I am. So it's at least five feet tall. And I went down and I photocopied it and I got it down and I call it, this is this one I call 30% bear. And I have it in a couple of sizes <laughs> and I made the cutest little wall hanging out of it. Um, and we actually, I nicknamed them Barry. I also have a thing about bears. So that's why it's also the most memorable. Oh, that's awesome. And Bonnie, yours had something to do with heat and bond, right? Yeah, you're going to find that my stories are always like the negative effects of Kathy. <laughs> Kathy opens a bag and she finds children. I open a bag and I'm like, oh, I got such nice pieces in here. White, shiny pieces. I can do like chain piecing on some half square triangles. So uh, these these pieces were white and they were shiny on one side and they were just a little bit of a sheen. I thought that would add some dimension <laughs> to the quilt. So I chain pieced and I chain pieced and then I get to the ironing board and I start ironing and the things are sticking to my iron <laughs> and my ironing board. And of course I'm on the phone with Kathy because we quilt on the phone and um, I'm like, Kathy, something's going wrong. My shiny pieces are sticking to the ironing board and the iron. And so, of course, first thing Kathy says is, oh, no, that's not funny. And meanwhile, she's rolling on the floor laughing, <laughs> telling me that I'm using iron-on interfacing as fabric. So that's oh, my that's, most memorable bag. That's hilarious. I guess a scrap bag could have anything inside. You never know, right? Okay, so, and you guys aren't just competitive with each other at phase. Bonnie, tell us about the Michaels story. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, we went on a shop hop with our friends and um, we were in the States and in at Michael's, they have these 40% off coupons. And even with the exchange, the Michael's um, stuff is a little bit less expensive. So 
they had batting that was at a fabulous price. And so, um, but they only ever have one or two in the store. So Cassie was driving and I'm in the front seat and we're getting close to the Michaels thing. And I know that first two people in the store in the car are getting the batting. So I just said to Cassie, slow down enough. I'm going to jump out. <laughs> so then all of a sudden I yell, stop the car. I rip off my seatbelt. I ran from the moving car and the people in the back are yelling, what the hey? <laughs> And then I was at, I had with two bags of batting in my hand before they even got in the store. Oh, that's so funny. And you guys went to phase in competition too. So Kathy, you said Bonnie's husband even got involved once as well. So tell us that story. Well, we had finally got to the point um, because we were trying to uh, outpace each other every time, you know, we'd go down. We finally made a pack together and said, okay, whoever goes down, we'll pick up the Fay bags and We'll split them. So that was our agreement. And so Bonnie had gone down. She had picked up, I think she picked up like close to 40 bags that time (laughs) because she, she gave me 19 bags and I'm not a hundred percent certain what had happened, but there was something going on in the house that what I ended up doing is I needed space for something. So I opened up and ripped all the bags open and I just shoved them into the containers I have because I have containers all over my Uh, all over my studio with fabric and I shoved them all in and then I had told Bonnie what I had done and her her husband said she's not getting fay bags anymore she doesn't appreciate it (laughs) (laughs) I'm like no no so I ended up after that I started it's like I get a bag I am not opening it um which is why I still have a pile of bags in the house which is how you ended up seeing the next time I needed to store it I stored them in my bathtub. (laughs) (laughs) I saw that picture. You have to send me that picture so that it's on the podcast preview. Okay. So you guys bought her out every time you went. So Bonnie, how did she prepare for you guys when she knew you were coming? (laughs) Well, at first, um, because she knew that we were a little competitive, she would keep some in the back. So that, so that if the next person came, you know, because I'd I, we come in the store together now. This is before we'd agreed to share. And I would run up the stairs because I knew Kathy had had a, a knee replacement, so she was slower. So <laughs> I would run up the stairs and I would be grabbing all the bags. And then Faye said to Kathy, I've got some in the back. It's okay. So I'm like, hmm. So after that, every time I go to the store, I'd start with, do you have any in the back? <laughs> Oh, that's so great. So Kathy, what is actually in the phase bags? Is it hit or miss? Like what's really cool about that moment when you break it open? Oh, you know what? So first of all, it is exciting when you break it open because we all love that mystery, right? That from childhood, you open up that brown paper bag and it is hit or miss. You can get strings, but we've learned how to use them. (laughs) You you can get minky. And um, I'm like, and I hate to say this to anybody who likes minky, but my minky usually goes like shoved and I I'll give it off to somebody or flannel. So sometimes what you do is you, you hold the bag and you're thinking to yourself, this bag is heavy. It's probably full of flannel. And meanwhile, it's jam packed full of fabric and it can have uh, it can have pieces that are partially already sewn together or sometimes you get almost up to a full fat quarter in them. But other times you get teeny weeny little strips and strings, but it, but it's exciting. (laughs) Oh, that sounds so fun. 
I cannot wait to do this scrap challenge and announce to everyone what we're going to do. So once you guys got hooked on scraps, it became an obsession. So Bonnie, how did this affect you at every other quilt shop you ever went to? Well, now we know that we love scraps. We love scraps more than fabric. So we would plan our shop hops um, around the stores that had the best scraps. And so whenever we'd go into a store, first thing we'd say is, uh, do you have any scraps? And they, some of them would look at us like, what? And other people would go, yeah, we got a few over here. But the best ones are in a bag you can't see. You can see the scraps, kind of ruins the surprise. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And Kathy, what happened at Faye's retreats? I, I remember chatting with you guys a little bit about retreats. Okay, so because we were doing challenges, as we'd get ready for the retreat, we'd go, what are we going to do? So we started in 2017. Uh, we decided that we would do a Fay bag challenge at the retreat because we'd been telling them all about these challenges uh, that we did. So we ended up, we took the chance that we would get there and that she would have bags because she knew we were coming. So she would. So we each went and we, of course, we purchased all the bags and then we picked two bags. We were allowed to pick two bags each. We opened up the bags and we had to decide right then and there with those two bags, like we're there for three days, what we were going to make. And we were, we challenged ourselves by saying that we were only allowed to spend an additional $20 and 17 cents because it was 2017, like not even extra <laughs> sashing. That was it. That was it for the fabric. And you had, we had to design on the fly. And wow. And that's not even covering the tax. <laughs> You're doing 20 bucks. <laughs> no, that's great. What a good challenge. So, and what was your limit at the border? Like if, is that what, is that why you brought your husband's like, tell me about the Kathy, tell me about the one yard sale. Um, the, Oh, the yard sale. Yeah. So because we had a limit, because we had a limit at the border, it started off originally our limit at the border was $250. Now, you can spend 200, well, I can spend $250 on fabric really easily, probably in, within an hour, and then I have to go home. But you have to stay 48 hours for that. So we used to bring our husbands with us so that it would increase our limit. So now I can spend up to 500 Again, I can do that in less than a day. So Faye's, um, Faye had told us that she was having, the guild that she belonged to had a yard sale. So Bonnie and I planned for this yard sale literally two years in advance. And oh as, yeah, as we came up to the, the spring before it, we kept calling Faye and calling Faye and asking because we wanted to plan our vacation around it. Um, so she gave us the, she finally gave us the date. We, of course, took our husbands. We drove out to, uh, we drove out to Fargo and the yard sale started at nine. I think we were there by like 845. <laughs> and they were still putting stuff out and we were like buying everything that they had um, because it was such great deals. We were getting so much fabric and, and it, like, it was unbelievable. And because of our limit, we had so much fabric and we had gone in my Venza, we could barely fit it into the back of the Venza to get to the hotel. And we were like shoved in. And I remember Bonnie and Jerry were sitting in the back seat and it was like, put some around your feet. Like these people, like their yard <laughs> sale was done by 930. 
Oh my God. She must've had you guys on speed dial. And I bet everyone at that yard sale was like, the scrap sisters are coming. Like, Get ready. <laughs> that is so funny. And Bonnie, you, pl- you started to plan your own little shop hops after that. What, what was that all about? Um, well, we would, yeah, we would plan the shop hops and um, I was allowed to drive. I don't know if I'm jumping ahead here, but I was allowed <laughs> to drive only the once um, because we, had bought these nice t-shirts that said um, so much fabric, so little time. And I'm not used to the freeways. And so we were near Minneapolis and trying to hit some shops around there and they have merge lanes. And then, so I'm coming onto the freeway thinking it's a merge lane. Everybody's going like more than the speed limit of 80. And I pulled right in front of everybody with a carload full of fabric. Cause we'd just been to a number of shops and Kathy and I both screamed and I'm sure the guy behind us just about went off the road as <laughs> we cut him off. And then it occurred to us that if he had rear-ended us, we would have had a trunk load of fabric flapping in the breeze in the field. <laughs> and we'd be lying there dead in our t-shirts saying so much fabric, so little time. <laughs> so, so very little time. <laughs> lot time Kathy let me drive on the shop. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. It should have said so, so much fabric, so little time left. <laughs> yeah. So, Kathy, what was your most memorable road trip? Oh, probably the most memorable road trip. I'm not even sure if we had actually talked about this one, but it would have been, um, ironically, Canada's 150th birthday. We were such good Canadians that we spent it down in the States. Oh, no. <laughs> we, um, we were going down to the Missouri Star Quilt Company because we had decided that was the that was the trip that we really really wanted to do and um it's memorable because just outside of Sioux City we were driving now it's notorious that when I drive uh on any of these um and probably because it was usually always in June there'd be massive storms like and I'm driving in a massive storm so we're driving and we're looking off to the to the west and the sky is black, 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 black. It was unbelievable. And we, we said, wow, wouldn't want to be over there. Then the next thing you know, the highway turns. And I'm like, uh, Bonnie, we're heading over there. And um, so we were talking the other day that we're surprised I didn't turn around after that and just said, I'm going home. My car started ringing and um, it rang. And I'm like, why is my car calling me? And I hung up. And then it rang again and I said, pull my phone. And we were in a, we were in the middle of a tornado warning. Oh no. So it's like some kind of county tornado warning. It was county tornado warning. And, um, but we're like, nope, we're going to Missouri star. We're going to keep going. So. (laughs) Oh my goodness. And what about you, Bonnie? Did you have a most memorable trip? I think my most memorable trip. Oh, there's so many. I'm just trying to think of them. Probably the one where it nearly killed us, but also the ones where um, we took our friends and we had actually heard that there was um, a yard sale in a nearby town. And so we got up really early in the morning. That was after a storm too, because Kathy um, had, we were looking for hail damage, but uh, there was a yard sale there. And um, we, first time we'd seen a yard sale at a craft store. And so we jumped out and we were fighting for the fabric <laughs> friends that came with us were just like, okay, girls, you got to learn to share. <laughs> so 
So, and we had a really good time with the girls at that. And that mm-hmm. Oh, that's so, f- that is so hilarious. And, you know, for those of you listening who are maybe not from Winnipeg or Manitoba, Winnipeg is known as the thrift capital of Canada because we will drive across town to save 50 cents. So Kathy, tell us about Mill End and Harris. <laughs> oh my gosh. Mill End and Harris. So Mill End was in Fargo. Um, and you could go in there and the fabric was so inexpensive to begin with, but Mill End would honor any coupon. So of course, Joann's always had 60% off coupons. So you would go in and we would get our 60% off coupons, which is one of the other reasons we would start to bring our husbands with us because we knew that if I went in and if it was just my husband and I, I could buy this bolt of fabric. Yes, I would buy a bolt and get 60% off. And then he could get 60% off. And I would be at the till pretending like we're alone. And it's like, okay, you buy that and I buy that. So then when Bonnie and I started going together, it was like even better because we're like, okay, we could buy that and share it. Um, So we were, we would buy a ton of fabric and then Harris fabrics. um, Again, Bonnie used to go down to the States way more than I did. I, then I started to catch up. Um, She went in, we went to Harris. Harris fabrics is, I do not know how to describe it. It is a massive warehouse of fabric that is stacked on its side from the floor to the ceiling. You can barely reach this fabric. And the prices are all sitting in around five, $6 a yard. Uh, We are so excited the first few times we went because we're like, we get to cut our own fabric. Well, by the time you get (laughs) bolt bolt number 10, you're like, yeah, if I buy five (laughs) yards, they're going to cut it for me. So we used to be (laughs) That used to be your decision point. I'm going to buy five yards of this, or you want to share on this? We'll buy five yards and then they can cut it. We'll cut it when we get home. So um, it was unbelievable. But being true in a Peggers, we even in Harris, we would walk in and we headed straight for the sale section because you could save a dollar a yard. <laughs> and those staff must have been like, gee, I wonder what these gentlemen are making. <laughs> when they go through the checkout yeah so Kathy how many road trips do you think you guys have actually done and are are they always based around scraps um they were pretty well we probably did well we went to the quilt show I know a couple of years and then we would we would do our own so we probably did about six or seven uh road trip road trips where it was just her Abani and I or or with our friends um but if we're just talking like road trips I think there's just too many to count. Like, because every time I go with my husband, it's a shop hop. We actually plan all of our vacations around a shop hop. Even when we, even when we ended up cruising to Hawaii, it turned into a Hawaiian shop hop. So Bonnie, tell us right now, I saw something today on the Manitoba Prairie Quilters. You have sort of like a virtual shop hop going on right now. Yes. It's really cool because, um, um, one of our presidents, Judy, has arranged it with the different um, local quilt shops, and it's okay for anybody in Canada or the States, and it's for the whole month of March. So you can go to the MPQ website, and each shop has created a block, and you can get the block for free just by visiting their site. But you can also get a kit, or um, and if you buy a certain amount of fabric or whatever at their shop, you can get the kit for free. And um, so it's a way to support local quilt shops. 
you also get stamps at the shops and um actually the stamp is free i'm not sure if the pattern is free i have to I haven't finished shopping yet and um, if you bring your stamps in and you stamp your passport and submit it um, to us whether you're a member or not then you're in for draws and there's over 250 dollars in prizes from the local quilt shops for um gift cards to their shops that you can win so yeah it's pretty cool um shop hop well that sounds great and so everybody can just find that at manitoba prairie quilters on facebook right Yes. Okay. So Bonnie, does it have to be a paper bag? I mean, can it be clear, but you mentioned earlier, what about the surprise? Does it have to be a paper bag? Um, In my opinion, it has to be a paper bag. I know that if you're not a true scrap quilter, you want to see what's inside the bag, but I love the paper bag and um, because it's mystery. Bonnie, what happened when you heard that this wasn't going to be happening anymore at phase and phase was closing down? <laughs> I was so sad. <laughs> okay. Now I'm supposed to be sad because I'm losing the quilt shop, but I was sad that I was losing my fave eggs. <laughs> so I uh, didn't even, wasn't an administrator of the Manitoba Prairie Quilter um, Facebook page yet, but on my own Facebook, I posted a big picture of one of my fave eggs with a big sad face on it. And I wrote phase closing (laughs) and so after that my friends started to uh feel sorry for me and um and uh, one of them had before they closed had ordered me uh, a fay bag as a christmas present because she knew how she'd ordered it in mail delivery because she knew how much i love fays oh yeah that's (laughs) such a sweet story and kathy you've been known to go around and scavenge in people's garbage cans (laughs) at quilting retreats yeah what do you do when you go to a quilting retreat now at the beginning well so we, yeah, I used to go because what would happen is you'd be at the cutting table and you'd look down and you'd be like, I can't believe somebody threw that out because you could, you know, I could pull it out. I could get a two inch square out of it quite easily. And um, so there were a couple of times I did that. And now when we would go down to the retreats, people have just started bringing us, they would start bringing us their scraps. Um, and even um, our, in our local guild here, not the Manitoba Prairie Quilters, because uh, we haven't been to an in-person retreat, but at our so-and-sos, people have started like just coming in. And it's like they're putting down an offering, a peace offering down at the table. And <laughs> everybody brings us scraps, which is you feel guilty. But on, some of them, they're like, they're going to throw them in the garbage. And I'm like, I can use those half square triangles. I can turn them into something. <laughs> yeah. And one of my favorite quilts I've made up of all times, an art quilt is a quilt that I made of scraps that belong to all of my friends at my local quilting guild. So it's really, it's meaningful, right? So 2020 has been a strange year for everyone. So Bonnie, how has your scrapping shifted over the last year? Well, the main shift is I'm not collecting any new scraps because <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been able to go in the stores. And that's not usually something you can order online. I don't really see shops selling them, but after this podcast, they might. Um, Because I don't think they realize there's a value to that. So I guess I've been trying to delve into my scraps. Um, Kathy and I haven't had as many challenges, but um, definitely have been using my scraps more than buying scraps. Yeah. And how about you, Kathy? Um, Well, because I had so many scraps, I actually started uh, when there was a call for masks, I started using uh, using my scraps for masks. So you can imagine how colorful they are. Um, and then of course that, uh, on its own created even more scraps because it seems like when you work with scraps, you just seem to create more. 
Um, so then I took all the scraps that I had. I've made one quilt already. Uh, so a COVID quilt. Um, so I, I can have it uh, like as a, as a memory. So it's made out of all of the masks, like even right down to the black that's in the quilt. And I have more that I'm, that I'll be um, using for another quilt. Oh, that's great. Okay. Now we're going to take a short break for a note from our sponsors, and then we'll come right back and talk about how these two sisters have kept their scrappy quilting going over the last year with a few other great questions. And then we'll outline the scrap challenge. So here's a word from Northcott. Northcott fabrics are famous to quilters for their Stonehenge and O Canada collections. Right here on this podcast, we are giving away fabric from Northcott collections, Banyan Batiks, and Figo fabrics. Look for all of these at your local quilt shop. And today we'll announce a huge Northcott Fat Quarter bundle giveaway curated by their lead designer, Deborah Edwards, for the winner of our scrap challenge. Northcott, cottons that feel like silk. And now here's a word from our clothing sponsor. Sass Boutique is dressing me in style for the podcast trailer. This shimmery black and white blouse with beautiful sleeves is designed by Joseph Ribkoff. If you can't see me right now, head on over to the Quilter on Fire YouTube channel to watch the trailer so you can check out my outfit. You can pick up the phone and order what I'm wearing. Just call 250-494-1677. With locations now in Summerland and Penticton, BC, Sass Boutique carries beautiful, comfortable, classy clothing. Okay, now back to our guests. So Kathy, you both still meet every Tuesday to this day, even on Zoom. So what do you guys do? Um, we actually, we phone each other every single day and it's, it, it, well, almost every single day. And it's interesting because it's usually the motivation that the other person needs. So we both have headsets and um, we, we, we connect up and we talk and it is not uncommon for us to talk two, three, sometimes four hours. If it's the weekend, <laughs> there are times when we are talking, when neither one of us is saying anything, or we're both talking to ourselves. And it's usually when you need the other person's attention, you're like, okay, math time. <laughs> or I have it. And then we use the iPad back and forth to take pictures and and audition fabrics and, and stuff like that when we can't be together. Um, COVID has eased up a little bit here. So we are, we are each other's two right now. So we get to, uh, we actually got to spend Saturday together, which was awesome. <laughs> oh, that's so great. And I actually thought it was just every Tuesday. So it's almost every day. Almost every day, but Tuesday is our designated day. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. And our husbands both know it's quilt night. So I'm not going to be called up to make popcorn or anything because <laughs> I have gone up a couple times. And like, Oh, I forgot. It was quilt night. <laughs> <laughs> That's so great. So, and you're both constantly doing scrap challenges with each other. So Bonnie, tell us about your favorite challenge that you guys have done together. Okay. Ironically, the favorite challenge for me is the last one because with Kathy started out being a great quilter. And my first challenge, I had really bad fabric and I was not very knowledgeable. But by the time I got to my last challenge, I was killing it. And so I was making all kinds of really nice things. And I couldn't wait to show Kathy because I was just like, finally, little sister's going to beat you. <laughs> and then um, she got waylaid and never finished hers. And so I declared myself the official winner. But it was by default. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. And Kathy, tell us about the one bag challenge. Yeah, that, that one was the, the bear challenge, but we have done so 
many challenges. And it's usually three bags, three bags, one month. Like, and we don't even talk to each other while we're doing it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and you, you mentioned a Bonnie Hunter challenge as well. Yeah. What was that about? So the Bonnie Hunter challenge is again, we were starting to accumulate a lot of scraps and we both follow Bonnie Hunter. So we had decided that let's do something a little bit different instead of trying to make up our own, uh, our own design, well, we were still going to do it, but instead of trying to just do it from scratch, we went in and pulled up every single pattern that Bonnie Hunter has every single block that she has put them on a piece of paper, um, threw them into a hat and we pulled three blocks. And the challenge was that we had to use at least two of the three blocks in our quilt. And ironically, the two of us both picked the identical two blocks. We had uh, one was called Dakota Star and one was called, I think, I believe it was called Grandpa Star. And we both made quilts. And yet, if you looked at them, you would never know that we both used the same two blocks. That is how different they are. So you can kind of tell you guys are almost joined at the hip with quilting because you made that same choice that day. Mm -hmm. So you guys have been doing this for a long time and this is, it's so fun to have you here with me for a scrap themed podcast. So let's get into a few of your top tips for using scraps. So let's start with Bonnie. My top tip for scraps, I guess, would be that um, allow yourself to learn Um, because when you have scraps, it's very different than your fabric and you've paid a lot of money for your fabric. You're afraid to cut into it. And especially if you're a fairly new quilter, you're just like, ugh. but if it's a scrap, you just let yourself learn, let yourself be created. These are only scraps. And I think that I really became a much better sewer and quilter and now a designer, I guess, because I was allowed myself to be free with the scraps. I think that would be my number one tip with the scraps is allow yourself to be creative and free. Yeah, that's a really good one. The other thing is, what can you make with scraps? If you're not a scrap quilter, um, this is going to sound bizarre. And if you are a scrap quilter, this is going to sound like, duh. You can make (laughs) any quilt with scraps. So if you see a pattern and it's got like three colors in it, then you just, you know, pull your scraps together to get similar shades of that color And you can turn any quilt into uh, a scrap quilt. And it doesn't have to look, you know, crazy scrappy where it makes your eyes go funny. Because I know some people are a little concerned about that. But you can turn any pattern into a scrap quilt. Yeah, that's a really good tip. Okay, Kathy, how about some tips from you? Um, I would say one of the the tips, and this is, again, as I had mentioned earlier, is let the fabric talk speak to you. Um, while it's a good idea, if you have enough scraps, it's always a good idea to, to try and separate them out into color palettes. But if you don't understand what a color palette is, it's like all your brights together, all of your darker, um, more, um, old fashioned, we call it civil war, but old fashioned or all of your pails together. That's good to do, but you can't always do it. And so for myself, I always say, let the fabric speak to you. And what I do then is that I will pick up a piece and I could pick up a brown. And if I put the brown beside the pink, it goes really good. I can put those two pieces together. But then I might pick up an orange and the orange may not look so great beside the pink, but the orange will look great beside the brown. And so if you just let the just you've learned how to color growing up. 
it's the same thing. You're now just coloring with, you're coloring with scraps. And then when you pick your sashing, your sashing can make your colors just pop. And you can take what looks like a very dull color and you can just make it come alive. Like the, the fabric really is, um, the, 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 fabric has personality. I'm, I'm, I'm a little strange when it comes to fabric because I do let it talk to me that way. That would be my number one tip is let the fabric talk to you. Cause it will, it definitely will. Um, and then similar to what Bonnie was saying about, you can, you can make anything and allow yourself to challenge. We were just working this weekend on a scrap quilt that we did. And so the beauty behind it is we're now practicing our quilting. We are now so afraid. I spend a lot of money on a quilt. I'm afraid to, I'm afraid to ruin it with whatever quilting I'm doing. But now we just went, okay, let's just try some different things because how much have we invested in this quilt? Six dollars. Um, so it, <laughs> it it becomes there's an uh, unbelievable freedom behind it. Yeah, I bet. And it's so fun. I would imagine once you create scrappy blocks to audition the sashing and audition the borders. And yeah, I love that tip about the freedom to go ahead and quilt. So do you guys have any more scrap tips before we move on to the next question? I think I'll just give one. Um, When I started scrapping, I had so few scraps. uh, I didn't know how to sort them and you see all kinds of tips, but now I have literally hordes of scraps. And so I think it's best to do them in colors, mm-hmm. like, cause, mm-hmm. cause normally when you're looking for a scrap, you're not looking for a size, you're looking for a color. So if you put your colors together, I think that's the best way to store your scraps. Yes. I totally agree with that. And to which I would totally disagree. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually take a lot of my scraps when I have them, especially if they're odd sizes and I will cut them into usable sizes. And part of that is because I do what's known as leader and ender scrap quilting. So I always have a bucket of two inch. uh, I always have a bucket of two inch squares beside me. And that's when I talk about letting the fabric talk to you, because as I'm doing another quilt, there's always a quilt. uh, There's always a second quilt that's happening at exactly the same time. So the bigger pieces of scraps, as we like to call our quote unquote yardage, which is like anything uh, around a fat quarter size, I will sort by colors. But for me, everything else, I will trim down to a usable size. Um, if it's 12 inches or less, um, it gets cut. And if it's more than 12 inches, then it stays as a strip. Yeah. And, you know, sisters are going to disagree. But I guess <laughs> the message here I'm getting from you guys is that you got to sort it the way that it works for you, right? So you can sort by color, you can sort by size. It really is what fits for you in your studio. So, okay, now. Everyone knows that I love to do the lightning round robin with all my guests. It's a series of rapid fire questions and it's super fun. We'll just take turns. So we'll go question, then Bonnie, then Kathy. Are you both ready? Ready. Okay. (laughs) So Bonnie, who is winning the scrap challenge at this point? Well, I am, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Kathy, do you agree with that? (laughs) Um, I would disagree with that because if we were to add up all the scrap challenges... And I think I have more scraps now. <laughs> okay. Bonnie, what is your favorite notion? Oh, I don't know if this is a notion, but I, I think it is. It's a stiletto. Mm. And so I love it because I like the name and I like stiletto shoes. <laughs> and so that's the reason I bought it is I like the name. And then I found out how to use it. Now I like it. 
And Kathy, what's your favorite notion? My favorite notion right now, I would say, is my block lock ruler. Um, oh, tell us a little bit about that. The block lock ruler is the one that I use the most is for making half square triangles because a lot of what I do with the scraps is I will sew up. If I get a, like a little triangle piece, I'll sew it into, I'll sew it or a triangle, I'll sew it into a half square. Um, and so it allows me to square it up super easy. Um, and the, the, that Bonnie Hunter mystery quilt that we both did, we had, I think we counted well over 1200 half square triangles in it that, that were all scraps that we had had. So that's my favorite uh-huh. tool. Is that that ruler that kind of tucks into the seam at the center? Okay. Yeah. I know what you're talking that about. That one. So Bonnie, how many hours a week do you spend quilting? Do you think? Okay. Uh, I think I spend at least, um, 20 hours a week quilting. And Kathy, would your, <laughs> and I have a full-time, you have, and I have a full-time you job. You have a full-time job. You both do, don't you? And Kathy, would you say your hours are the same? Yeah, I would say hours are the same or even a little bit slightly higher because it's usually about a good three hours a night, almost every single night. And then weekends and weekends, um, like, especially in this past year, it'll be downstairs at 10 o'clock in the morning and may not go back upstairs till 10 at night. So I'm putting in at least 25, 30 hours. And yes, I do work. And are you both even competitive with that? Like who worked more out, who quilted more hours this week? <laughs> okay. We haven't, we'll have to work on that yeah. one, eh, Kathy? <laughs> okay, Bonnie, what color do you choose most often when quilting? That's easy. I love blue. blue. I love blue. Okay. And how about you, Kathy? Um, green. Actually, if you can see behind me, every single one of these quilts has green in it. Green is one of my favorites for quilting. And you have a beautiful green sweater on today. Yes. Okay. Bonnie, who have you loved making quilts for most in your life? Oh, I think children, definitely children. So um, if I, if I'm really busy, but I hear a child needs or wants a quilt, I'll make time and put aside what I'm working on to make quilts for children. Oh, that's so sweet. And how about you, Kathy? Um, definitely. I would say, well, my family, but definitely children and especially, uh, grandchildren. Cause my grandson from the time he was three, when I gave him the first quilt and he hugged it and went a blankie and I've now Aww. getting him into quilting. So I love, I love making, I love making baby quilts for sure. Okay. And the last round Robin question, Bonnie, what do you listen to while quilting? Kathy talking to me on the phone. <laughs> That's right. You're plugged into each other's ears. Kathy, do you have anything else playing in the studio to drown out your sister? <laughs> no, it's, it's usually Bonnie. And then if I'm not listening to Bonnie, then I usually have podcasts. So it's usually uh, if, if we're not chatting, I catch up on your podcast and then I will catch up on my sister's podcast. Oh, that's so sweet. Well, that was so fun. You guys, thank you for enduring the lightning round Robin. So now we usually go into where you can find the guest on their website and things like that. So we'll just plug the guild here. I was a member and loved this guild for over a decade when I lived in Manitoba. So if you want to be a member of the Manitoba Prairie Quilters, you can go to www.manitobaprairiequilters.ca and their wonderful, funny, inspiring Facebook group run by these sisters. Is it run by both of you or does Bonnie do most of that. I, I'm an administrator and Kathy is the vice president of MPQ, but she's our Zoom administrator. So 
the two of us are into a little bit of the media stuff. <laughs> okay, great. So if you want to find that Facebook group, it's called Manitoba Prairie Quilters. Okay. And now is the moment you've all been waiting for. You might want to pause the podcast for a second here to go grab a pen and paper or your day book or calendar, because I'm, we are going to be throwing out a few dates for you. If you are signed up for my newsletter on the homepage of my Quilter on Fire website, you won't miss a thing. We'll put it out a few times just to make sure you know all the details. So planning this episode, Bonnie and Kathy were so full of passion for scrap challenges, and they've been having so much fun for years together that they decided to design a scrap challenge for all of you. And it's going to be my scrap fabrics right out of my stash. It will take place from now until May. So ladies, take it away. Okay. So this scrap challenge, you are going to want to definitely be a part of it. It opens today, March 9th. And it's called the Sister Scrap Challenge. So you'll see it all over Facebook and Instagram, Manitoba Prairie Quilters um, and the Quilter on Fire. You'll sign up on Brandy's uh, webpage at quilteronfire.com. And it'll be on the main homepage. We will be preparing scrap packages, everything that can be stuffed into a large envelope and still fit through the mailing slot. And trust me, that is a lot of fabric. You can sign up on the Quilter on Fire website until St. Patrick's Day, which is Wednesday, March 17th at midnight Pacific Standard Time. And that is eight days to sign up. Brandy will stay up late that night to remove the sign up form from the website. So sign in before St. Patrick's Day, March 17th at midnight Pacific. Don't miss out. You are not going to want to miss this. There's a small fee to participate, which is $10 plus tax. A small amount of that is going to cover postage and otherwise all funds collected will go straight to the Quilts of Valor of Canada. We cannot wait to see how much money we can raise for this charity. So I'm going to encourage you to find this and invite all of your friends. We will mail out all of the packages by March 19th. So here's the challenge. When you receive your package, so it's going to be an envelope of scraps, do not open it. It will stay in the package with the do not open until April 1st. Um, now, what you can do before April 1st is choose one and a half meters of fabric, one type. Anything you want from your stash or a store before you see the scraps. You will all get a link to an April 1st Zoom event at 4 p.m. Pacific time to show your one and a half meter fabric choice. And then we will all open our scrap envelopes together. It's going to be so much fun, you guys. We have no idea if 10 people or 100 people will participate, but we'll keep making scrap packages for six days straight until the registration is done. Once the envelopes are revealed, you have from April 1st until May 15th to complete your scrap quilt. That's a month and a half, plenty of time. Now we're gonna lay down some rules because this is a challenge and we don't even have the prize in our hands yet, but we know it will be at least 30 North Cot fat quarters. That is a huge stack. So here are the rules. You must register by March 17th at midnight Pacific time. 
no exceptions. You should pre-select 1.5 meters of fabric before opening your envelope to challenge yourself. So join us on April 1st at 4 p.m. Pacific for the Zoom envelope opening. Now we know people may have priorities. So if you can't make the Zoom, you can still participate. You must have at least one piece of every scrap in your quilt and try to use as much of the scraps as possible. We won't make you send us a photo of your little scrap bits left over or anything, but you'll be on your honor. Now, here's a bonus. You can also add a sashing of your choice. This is optional, but in total, you can have 1.5 meter piece of fabric that you've chosen in advance, the scraps you receive in the mail, and you can also choose a second fabric for the sashing. And finally, to enter for the prize, you must send a photo of your finished quilt by May 15th at midnight Pacific time that shows the entire finished quilt, including binding. The email we will be using for this event is sisterscrapchallenge at shaw.ca, and you will receive the Zoom link from that email so you have it. Because we want as many participants as possible, we will choose the winner from photo entries by random draw, but there will also be three secondary prizes chosen by the three self-proclaimed expert scrap judges, which is us, <laughs> for best use of scraps, best use of color, and the best design layout. So this is going to be really fun, you guys. So the grand prize is a random draw, and the three secondary prizes are not about technique or expert quilting, but all about having fun and creativity. This is a scrap challenge, after all, so we really want to have some fun. And all proceeds will go to Quilts of Valor Canada. So thank you both to you sisters for designing the Sisters Scrap Challenge with me. We are now officially launched and I'm so excited for the April 1st reveal and on Zoom. And I can't wait to see the photos of the quilts that roll in. Now, of course, I have my usual weekly podcast giveaway as well. So you'll see the photo of five random Northcott fabrics on the podcast preview today. They do not go together or match at all in honor of the scrappy theme for this show. Now, Bonnie and Kathy, as we wrap up this crazy scrappy show today, what do you want quilters to take away most from our conversation? We'll start with Bonnie. I think what I want you to take away most is whatever kind of quilting you do, have fun and whether it's scrap quilting or not, but if you've never scrap quilted, I think that you will be hooked. And how about you, Kathy? Oh, uh, what I would say is that whatever quilting you do, continue to challenge yourself. It is all about having fun. And if you challenge yourself, that's how you're going to grow as a quilter. Um, just have fun. Yeah, those are some really great messages to end the show with today. So ladies, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you. So that was my show with the Scrap Sisters, Bonnie Hooley and Kathy Paul from the Manitoba Prairie Quilters. And I know a whole pile of my friends from there will be listening in to hear this specific episode. So hello to you all. And I miss you. I can't wait to visit Winnipeg again soon. Now to everyone, I say, if you're feeling a little intimidated by a scrap challenge like this, I encourage you to sign up. It really is pretty low key. It's just a fun challenge to get your creative juices flowing and the funds raised will go to a really good cause. Over the last year, I know Quilts of Valor has not received nearly as many quilts as usual because they're not able to host their monthly sew-along days. So raising some funds for this great Canadian cause will go a long way. So please be brave and step up to the challenge. I can't wait to make that phone call to tell the president of the Quilts of Valor what we were able to accomplish. 
I want to thank Bonnie and Kathy for the side-splitting laughter while we plan this challenge and also for the hard work ahead as we follow it through. It's going to be so fun. Now, don't forget, I love to hear from you. So send me a direct message anytime on any platform, social media, or by email. You are my quilt crew, and this is your community too. Now, number one, go enter the prize giveaway for your chance to win those five scrappy fat quarters. And number two, go to my website at quilteronfire.com to enter the sisters scrap challenge before St. Patrick's Day at midnight. And number three, share this challenge with your friends. Let's all do this together in these crazy times when we have to stay apart. Thank you so much for listening to the Quilter on Fire podcast. Until next time, dream big and have fun in the studio with the Quilter on Fire.